be a humble leader, be, be an active listener, um, put the time in to develop your skills, be a goal setter, right? I mean, you, you, you don't know where you're going if you can't define what that looks like and what success looks like. That was Darren Pringer, and this is Guild Stories. Welcome to Guild Stories, the podcast where every person has a story, and it's the stories that connect us all. I am Justin Rickliffs, founder and CEO of Guild Content. We are so grateful you're here. This podcast is a place where we'll explore the stories of hustlers, dreamers, and doers who are going for it by pursuing meaningful work and living life with purpose. Welcome to Guild Stories. Welcome back to Guild Stories. Um, joined today by Darren Pringer, COO, Chief Operating Officer of Echo Select. Um, lots of awesome and fun stories to tell here with Darren. Um, but I guess I'll, I'd, I'd start this way. Darren was a, a friend first and then a boss for a period of time uh, and leader for me. And now a, a, a still a friend, but also a, a partner and client. We're helping him do some work as he tells his story at Echo. Um, and, and not just his, but the story of Echo Select, which is a fascinating one. So, um, man, D- Darren, welcome to the show, my friend. Justin, thanks for having me, brother. It's good to be here. Uh, love your digs down here. Uh, I love I love the town of Liberty, so I'm I'm excited to be back in my old stomping grounds. I was so. gonna say you've uh, you've probably spent a few nights or mornings or days um, <laughs> around the the square of Liberty. And I, I'm I'm Day, probably right? too familiar with the square, uh, but not yeah. I, I spent four years here as a graduate of William Jewell, so. Yeah, it's it's a familiar stomping grounds. Glad to be back. Yeah, man, it's good to have you. Um, you've got some sweet new digs as well down in North Kansas City, so we'll we'll talk all about that. Um, before we get to your today kind of reality, uh, give give folks a little bit of context of who you are, what you're up to, um, you know, family, where you grew up. I mean, just would love to yeah wind us back and and tell us the the Darren Pringer story. Okay, well, it's not overly exciting, but <laughs> I'm happy to give you definitely the rundown of uh, of my story a little bit, but. So as you mentioned, I'm the COO at Echo Select. Um, we're an IT consulting company. Uh, we're headquartered in North Kansas City, as you mentioned earlier. We've been in business since 1995. Um, definitely a homegrown Kansas City organization. We have offices in Washington, D.C. and St. Louis, Missouri as well. I've been with the company for, uh, I'm going on my 16th year now. Crazy. So it's, um, yeah, it, it is crazy. I don't like to think that I'm that old, but I guess I am. <laughs> we so. are, bro. I know, I know. <laughs> but uh, so, so, so that's a little bit about the professional career. And just quickly on Echo, um, we are a family-owned business. My mother, Jeanette, founded the organization in 1995. She's still our CEO and obviously the founder of the company has been um, a role model for me, mm. um, someone that uh, definitely has really kind of uh, uh, molded me into the mm. things that I've been able to do with my life and especially as what I've, what I've accomplished as a family as a family man, um, so with that, I uh, I'm married to my wife Shannon. We've been to, we've been married be 13 years in September. Awesome. Um, been together for about 15, so that's that's crazy to think about too. And I have two uh, children, a daughter Samantha. We call her Sammy. She's 11 years old, and my son Michael, who'll be nine here in about three weeks. So it's awesome. Um, it is. It is awesome. It's just crazy how fast the time goes by. Though. It's hard to think um, that Sammy's 11, dude. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I, we've we've got a 17 year old, and it's like it, it, it's it's coming, bro. I know. <laughs> like, it, I, I, it's, I, it, it, it's too it's fast. Here. It's too. It is. And it, I mean, and you you lose, you lose track of it as you're just going through the life of parenting, right? With school and activities and all that stuff. And the next thing you know, you turn around and now, you know, we just had a father daughter dance this last weekend and it was obviously, uh, tamed down because of COVID and everything. But, and I'm just like, Oh my gosh, I only got Mm. like three more of these Mm. before she goes to high school. And I'm just like that. That's not cool. Mm. So, (laughs) but you just gotta, you know, you gotta appreciate it while it's here. So, yeah, Yeah. um, Yeah, and then I've uh, so I've been a, a, a Kansas City resident my whole life. Actually, went to school here at William Jewell and Liberty. Really, never left the Northland. So uh, mm-hmm. uh, Northland um, went to Pi- uh, St. Pius the Tenth for high school. Um, you and I got to know each other when we were kids. We were playing baseball in the Northland. Yep. Um, so so yeah. So I've been a, a Kansas City guy my whole life. Love the Chiefs. Love the Royals. I'm a Jayhawk fan. I know that'll probably alienate <laughs> half the audience here, but. Uh, but uh, no, I uh, uh, love this town, and um, you know I'm glad that I'm still I'm still here. Yeah, me me too, man. I, we're we're all glad you're still here. So, um, what's what's fun? I mean, you you wove a couple threads in there for sure. Like, I, I mean, the things I remember 
about you as a kid and even, you know, following, we didn't necessarily play you all as, as much as, you know, maybe some other local, local high schools or whatnot. Um, but, but you always kind of knew that, that Darren Pringer would bring it right. Like you always kind of knew, and whether that's a five thirty AM in our late thirties, you know, <laughs> basketball game, or as a, as a 12 year old, you know, third baseman or whatever you played, um, uh, who 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 always went hard and 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 and, and gave it everything you had. Um, th- of course, there's some like natural gifting in that, but like I, I think even as it relates to Jeanette and, and and your father Kevin, like some of that was also probably a product of the way your family approached you as a kid. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Help, help us understand. Like, where did some of those, uh, as I know you, some of that, some of that focus, drive, ambition. Um, energy, you know, kind of get harnessed. Like, I'll tell you who you don't want guarding you at 5.30 a.m. is Darren Prager. <laughs> it's like, come on, man. Like, we got here to to jack around and, and jack up bad shots and, like, try to make pretty passes. Get a and sweat. you're picking my pocket, bro. Like, what's up? Um, so my, my incredibly long question is, like, where does some of that stuff come from? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you. I mean, that's a, that's a great compliment, and I appreciate, you know, very humbling. But, uh, you know, I think um, – I think, you, you know, you hit it on the head, obviously, to start with my folks. Um, you know, my dad has been a, a significant influence in my life. I mean, it's, it's who I pattern myself after as a father. Uh, he pretty much coached me all through grade school, high school, and all the sports that um, I participated in. And, you know, with my dad, it was always about um, if you're going to go out there, you're going to compete as hard as you can, um, and you're always going to control the one thing you control, which is your effort. Mm. And so, um, and I've, I've really, uh, you know, reinforced that with my children. In fact, I just had an incident with my daughter this weekend because I didn't feel like she was giving her best effort and she wanted to know why I wasn't complimenting her more. And I was just like, <laughs> honey, I, we've talked about this millions of times. It's like, look, I'll, I'll never get upset with you if, you know, you can get the, you can have the ball and get it stolen from you every time. But if you're trying your best, you're always going to get a pat on the back from me. Um, so that's the thing is I think that just that 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 um, that uh, focus around effort and and and, com- and competition. You know, I mean, um, I, I'm not a big believer in uh, just getting recognized for participation. If you're going to be there, um, you need to give it your best, and um, you know the chips will fall where they may. And a lot goes into that, right? Preparation, um, uh, you know, study, um, doing the things you need to do to get yourself in the best position to, to compete. Uh, my dad taught me all those things. Um, mm. But on the other side of that, uh, when it comes to doing the best you can and then hopefully getting the best outcomes you can, that really came from my mom, you know, and, and you know my mom well, Justin, and, um, you know, she's a she's a goal setter and she's a goal, she's a goal. Um, Crusher. Yeah, yeah, a, a goal Goals. attainer, right? And so, um, so, and I think, you know, when you bring those two things together and you talk about competing, you talk about effort, and then you talk about setting goals, uh, things that you want to accomplish, outcomes that you want to produce, you know, that's what my parents taught me. And, um, you know, I've been fortunate that I've had a lot of opportunities in my life to, to, to put myself in position to, whether it was in sports or in academics and, and, you know, now professionally, um, to use those things and, and hopefully, um, you know, do the best I can to produce those outcomes. I love it, man. It's, it's for me feels simple minded when I'm coaching our kids or, or, uh, having similar experiences as, as you had with, with your daughter. And well, we, we say a, a, a really similar version, uh, which is, Hey, Hey dude, like scoreboard, athletic ability, parents screaming refs that suck, whatever the case may be. Outside of your control, you yeah. can control effort and attitude. Period, and, and the way you just unpack that um, beautifully is Kevin instilled effort and Jeanette instilled attitude, and and, and by attitude meaning mindset, yeah. growth, ambition, absolutely, um, seeing seeing reality, but 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 embracing what's possible potentially, um, and, and that's that's seems super true with the ways that I know them as well and know you. And it, and it is, it's like, Hey, we don't get, you don't get, a, you don't get a participation. I mean, you might in these days, but like showing up is fine, I guess. Yeah. Like, I mean, you got to do that, but <laughs> that's only like at the most half the equation. Right. 
Um, there's a lot more to it. I mean, you know, that's the thing too. And I think um, this applies to everything in life is you want to have a sense of purpose. And so showing up is really not purposeful, right? What's purposeful is, is what did I come here to do? And, and, you know, you just talk about those things that you can control. And then when you start to put goals on top of that, you know, some powerful things can happen. That's awesome. That's awesome. What was it like? uh, And we're going to get to like what Echo Select is today, um, which is, which is beautiful. But when you, Jeanette, 1995, I think you yeah. said, okay. And, and, and we've had Jeanette on this podcast for those that, that don't know, should go back and listen to it. Cause her, her, her starting story is, is a wonderful story yeah. of like, you know, you think of like gender equality and diversity inclusion stuff that's happening in today's environment. Like <laughs> Jeanette Hernandez starting an IT company <laughs> at leaving TWA in 1995. Like right. it's like, holy smokes. It's just a, it's a wonderful story. Um, but like you were a you were a high school kid then. Yeah, I was a uh, freshman in high school when like, the company started. What was so. it like as you had a, a founding, you know, mother who uh, was starting a com- like starting a company is freaking hard. Yeah. Um, well, what you know. was that like for? <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Thank you. I feel so validated. Um, what was it like for you and, and and your brother as you guys like watched kind of firsthand? mom in that scenario, um, launch something, sure. and go for it. What yeah. was that like? Well, it was pretty, it was awesome. I mean, it was, uh, but, but I will say that, um, I have a lot more appreciation for it now uh, looking back on yeah, it and course. thinking through the, just the experiences and, and it, you got to remember too, I was a, I was a, a, a cocky teenager at that <laughs> point in my life. And, and the only, the, the only thing that was important was what was going on with Darren. So, <laughs> so, so I, I will fully admit that my perspective probably is a little bit, um, just not as, uh, comprehensive as it should be, but, um, That's awesome. but I, I will say that, uh, you know, this just kind of speaks to my mom, my mother's, uh, business acumen, um, when she started the company in 95, she really was just kind of riding momentum that was going on at that time in the industry, which was um, uh, a lot more, I guess, an affinity to bring in outside help. Um, there was a lot going on in the IT world. If you think about uh, what was going on with the Y2K preparation, mm-hmm. that was when the internet really started to become a thing. So there was just a need for talent, really. And she had been, you know, as you mentioned, I mean, she was a minority, but she also was a woman in IT and, and women in IT while they're not uh, necessarily, uh, you know, there's not a ton in that demographic right now, there's a lot more than there was in 1995. That's right. So, so, you know, she just, uh, I think she was in in the right place at the right time. And then she, she, she knew she was, and she said, I'm going to go capitalize on this. So she spent the first, I'd say five years of the business really just being a consultant Mm -hmm. that was building the business through her own talents. And then, you know, she leveraged her network to try to build uh, the headcount on top of that based on the relationships she had. And that was a great business. So, but it really got real, um, after the turn of the century, the Y2K projects obviously kind of went, went, you know, went away because there wasn't a need for it anymore. And then of course, 9-11 happened and that really shook, you know, the, the country, the world. Um, and it had a, a pretty significant adverse effect on a lot of industry. And IT was certainly not one that uh, was ignored in that. So so she kind of had to um, adapt and figure out how they were going to keep the doors open at that time. So that's when it really got real. And I was in college at the time. And watching how she basically went from, you know, a, a really nice growing business that was flourishing to one that she just had to survive over a 24 month period and see, you know, what she was willing to do. You know, she was working seven days a week. She was billing every opportunity she, she could get. She was, she was essentially begging some of our customers to give us opportunities in lanes that we had no experience in. Um, you know, and within a couple of years, she had got it back to at least the point where, you know, it was heading to prior to all that. And that, that's when I really gained an appreciation from my mother's, um, not just ability, but just the resilience, uh, the, almost the, like the, res- yeah. the resilience and the, the, um, the ingenuity mm. to just, mm. you know, overcome. Mm. I mean, and you know, she, it, it's funny too. I mean, we've been in business 25 years and there's, a, there's still a, a few really good companies out there that have been in that same boat with us that whole time. But 
you know, our major competitors, if you take them over five year blocks, they're not the same, you know, they've changed Crazy. and, and, Crazy. and that's a testament to my mother, what she has been able to build. Um, and again, I think you, you hit on the head, the resilience that she has instilled in, uh, in what she's built because now it's part of our culture. And, um, and that's, uh, that's been an incredible thing to experience. That's wild, man. Yeah. I, I, I hadn't heard that perspective, especially from you. Um, to, so to, to see it, um, had to have just solidified so much, uh, I don't know, respect, honor, like inspiration, <laughs> I mean, just this like uh, honor, smoked. honor is a really good word. I mm-hmm. think, you know, I, I was, I mean, look, I'm, you you love your parents, right? Regardless. And, but, uh, but pride, you know, I mean, you just, you think about, um, and obviously the older I get, the more I appreciate it because I know how tough this business is. And I know how tough it is to compete in the marketplace. And I see, you know, now that I've been with the company 16 years, I see all the ebbs and flows that the business goes through and she had a lifetime's worth in the first six years of the business. Right. Um, that's not to mention, you know, some, some partnerships that went awry. And, and so, uh, you know, she's, she's seen it all and it's, uh, it's pretty incredible what she's accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The, it, it, I've got in my mind, you know, there's this, this saying of like, a, a, you know, a couple who's been married 50 years and they're like, yeah, well, uh, you know, 42 of them were great. <laughs> and right? like 25 years of running Echo Select, like I'm, I, I'm not putting words in her mouth. 16 of them were amazing. Yeah. But like there are some freaking dogfight years that you just, you just Absolutely. hunker down and, and get through. And it's cool to see how, how the, the resilient story has, has, uh, has, has unfolded. Um, so 16 years ago, uh, well, let, let, let's go this way. So you played... You played football at Jewel. Yeah. Um, what what lessons or how did how did that season of life kind of shape <laughs> some of uh, some of who you are as a as a forty year old guy now? Well, not to I, give your age away, but yeah, thanks, appreciate that. <laughs> um, Sorry, we're in the boat together. You know, let, yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, so uh, so I will say that that <laughs> you asked about just the football experience. As a forty year old, my body is not thanking me right now <laughs> for. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm waiting so we can go back and play some basketball, but I just don't know if my body's I'm up to same. it anymore. I mean, a year off is kind of like... I'm the same way. It, it, it's like you quit, and now you're like, oh, crap, Probably what am good. I going to do? <laughs> Probably just going to walk. <laughs> now, um, so uh, football, in my mind, is... The, I mean, I, I, I don't want to... I'm probably using a bad analogy here, but you think about the military... Mm and the camaraderie and the um, sense of uh, brotherhood that you get. And you see this, and I've got military friends, and, and they, they attest to it. And I'm not trying to compare those experiences. They're not of even course. close. But but in my mind, football's got to be the closest to that that you do at a recreational level. Um, because, uh, A, you got strength in numbers, right? It's a, it's a big team. Um, but there is just an innate... A sense of sacrifice that you have to have as a football player because you got one football and you got 22 people on the field at the same time all game long so the spotlights you know for the most part is always going to be on like one or five percent of the field (laughs) and so everybody else has a job to do though and when you think about how that has to be synchronized and coordinated to be successful as a team it's pretty uh you know it's very complex um but it really takes a commitment to whatever, you know, we talk about goals again. Well, what's the goal? You're trying to get a first down. You're trying to get a touchdown. You're trying to make a stop. And if, if all of those pieces aren't synchronized and coordinated, then you won't be successful on that on any given down. And, and so football for me was a really great template for, for life, right? Um, and, and a great template for managing a team and running a business, um, because it's all the same principles. We've got to be synchronized. We've got to be coordinated. We've got to communicate. We have to be clear with what our expectations are. Um, we have to all be giving consistent effort on a daily basis. You've got to prepare. There's just so much that football teaches you. And that's not to say the other sports don't. They, they do. They all do. But football is unique in that um, 
if you want to be on the field, you don't necessarily get to be the person. I mean, in basketball, everyone touches the ball, generally speaking, throughout the game, right? You get a chance to be in the spotlight. In football, look, I played O-line and I played <laughs> linebacker. I mean, I got to make some tackles, but that was about as good as it got for me, right? So, so, but, um, but that was, uh, but it was a great experience and, um, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Uh, and then you also think about just the, the grind of football, um, and I, this goes back to my grade school days, but you think about the practices in the summer when you're getting ready for the season, the two-a-days, all that stuff. I mean, that's hell. Oh, <laughs> yes, yes. But you think about the um, just just the kind of uh, the, the mental toughness that you get from going through that, sticking through it, and then you do it with brothers, right? You do it with people that have went through it with you and that camaraderie. I mean, you remember from when you played and – um, I just don't think that you can uh, you can simulate that in any other experience. Yeah, no, it's it's well it's well articulated, man, and I think you're you're right on the money. Um, so that, it, that being said, let me just say this too: it, it's not it's not a kind sport, you know. And and I'm I'm happy to see that there's been a lot more attention around just the physical totally. toll it takes, um, particularly with the head. Uh, the head trauma and the things that happen and, and, you know, you've got advances in technology from an equipment perspective now and, and really, uh, I think more of an emphasis on teaching how, how to play the right way. Um, and, and, you know, better awareness around concussion, pro- all that stuff is mid to late nineties. That wasn't the deal. No, no, no. <laughs> and, and yeah. And so knock on wood that we're going to be, you know, just fine with all that. But, uh, but you know, it's a tough sport. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so many advantages to it as well. Totally. Totally. So after Jewel, you, what, what did your entrance into the professional landscape look like? So I worked, um, I did an internship at Sprint, uh, when I was still at college, um, it's funny. My whole family has done a stint at Sprint. I was going to say that, yeah, there's been a, yeah, I, you a know, if you worked in IT yeah. in Kansas City, you probably worked <laughs> at Sprint at some point. And now Cerner's becoming the next one. Yeah. Yeah. So, but uh, so I did that, and then right about uh, four months before I graduated, I got a job at H and R Block, and I started working on the weekends there, full time um, in their data center, and that was basically my first job out of college. Um, it was a tough job. Uh, I was working basically alone in the data center as a technician. I was working weekends, I was working nights, um, and as a 22-year-old single guy, that wasn't very fun. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, and again, this goes back to just the example that my parents set for me. I was complaining about it nonstop, and they just, they kept on me about sticking with it, because until, you know, I could find something that was going to be, um, you know, a progression uh, from a career perspective, but you know, being able to put that on my resume, uh, you know, for a year out of, out of school uh, was important. Um, and again, it did, it, you know, and it, it, I think there's something to be said about uh, paying dues also. Totally. Um, so that was, that was a dues paying job. <laughs> 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 and Block's a great company. They're a great customer. But that was a, that was a, that was yep. a job that at that point in my life, I, I, I struggled with, but yep. stuck it out. You're earning some stripes. Exactly. Yep. Um, and so I was fortunate to, uh, to then uh, move on and go to the Cerner Corporation, which is a great company. It's a great Kansas City institution. Um, and uh, I learned a ton there. And I really enjoyed my time at Cerner. It, it was a, it's a great, I mean, this was, what, 17 years ago now, but I mean, it's a great company to go to, particularly when you're coming out of school. There's so many young people, you, 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 you know, you build a lot of relationships, but the most important thing is, and this was when Neil and Cliff were still running the company, the culture there is just, it's so contagious, yeah. it's contagious, but, but you know, it's all of those things that we talked about earlier. They really emphasize competition and mm-hmm work ethic and ambition and drive. And if that's part of who you are, I mean, there's not a better place in the city to work. Um, and so, so I loved working there. And if my um, path was different and I didn't have a mother who had done what she had done, I could see myself still, still being there today. So, um, and they, be, they become a great customer as well. Uh, so then I, yeah. So then in uh, about the end of 05, um, so this was about the time that my mother had, had started to kind of uh, build the company back up. Um, and she was kind of hitting another, uh, let's just call it a, a, a stalling point um, where she had, she had built the company and now we're kind of plateauing a little bit, figuring out how to get to the next level. And she figured that um, one of the things that she was missing was 
uh, more depth on her recruitment team. And the and recruiters in our business are really more like inside salespeople, if, if, as you remember. Um, what what their job is is to go identify talent that we can go place in our customer bases. Um, so it's and it's it's a grind. I mean, you're 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 basically measured by how many um, times you or how many people you can contact in a given day, and you're just trying to sell them on jobs you have available. Um, so it's a definitely a smile and dial type deal. <laughs> yeah. uh, what what made my um, what made me interested in it, and then what my where my skill set transferred well was that you know I already had a technology background. I worked in IT for almost three years. I had my undergraduate degree in computer information systems. So I already knew IT. Um, I hadn't hadn't done sales before, but you know as you know me, Justin. I like to talk. I like to That's you know. So I, yeah, right. You know, you just kind of work through it, and um, and the biggest thing was was just kind of. Uh, just, just starting to act, right? So get on the phone, start talking to people, and then you learn as you go. And that's what the training program was at Echo back in the day. <laughs> hey, man, here's where you sit, here's the phone. <laughs> go ahead and start calling. So, but that's uh, that's how I transferred to Echo, and um, and you know the the rest is history, as they as they may say. That's so. awesome, and, and I asked that intentionally because I, I knew there were a few stops before you 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 came back to the to the to the fold in terms of echo or came into the fold. Um, and, and it, and we'll, we'll continue to talk about this, but you know, I think of like, we have a, a client in the beef business and we interviewed uh, one of their um, producing families and it's a fifth generation farm in uh, Liscomb, Iowa population of literally like 74 people. Wow. And this fifth generation farming family um, generation one clearly looks different from the the daughters at Iowa State who are generation five. And they're thinking about stuff to to have the farm be sustainable for their future, right? Way differently than dad and grandpa and great grandpa were, right? And all of those generations thought about it the way they should have. It was fine at the time, but the, the thing has evolved and changed. And 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 one of the daughters made an, a really interesting comment on on our in our conversation with them. She said, essentially, hey, we have, to, we have to go after college. We have to go earn our stripes elsewhere before we get to come back yeah. and help the farm. Yeah. Obviously, an IT consulting company is way different than the farm. Sure. But, there, but, but I, I do think you have a really unique perspective on you had to go do the duty job at H&R Block on Saturday nights or, you know, <laughs> Tuesday nights at midnight or whatever it was. Yeah. And like earn that stuff so that you could come back in with this lens of like, Hey, I've got this, you know, bucket of experience yeah. now that I yeah. get to apply. Cause there was probably had to be some <clears throat> transition, excuse me, transition from um, Darren senior at William Jewell right. to first job. Uh, the, the, it, there could have been a, a slide into first job at Echo. Yeah, yeah. Without that other context, and it probably limits everything if yeah. that would have been the case. Yeah, so um, it's, a, it's a good point, and, and I appreciate you bringing it up. Um, it's been so long ago that I kind of forget <laughs> that, that that was kind of part of the part of the progression. Um, the other thing that I think made it especially challenging, um, and you remember because we're the same age, uh, the job market wasn't great when we got out of college in 03. We were still kind of Sweet. rebounding yeah. from the 9-11 yeah. um, events, yeah. and the economy was not in great shape. And so particularly for, um, you know, college grads, there just wasn't – I mean, there was a lot of competition yeah. for the jobs that were available, which is one of the reasons why it took me, you know, almost a year to get on at Cerner. I mean, that Cerner is a, is a, is a big recruitment uh, bet for William Jewell or vice versa. William Jill's yeah. a big yeah. recruitment better for Cerner. And, um, and I was, I was hoping to get on there and it just, there was so much competition, um, that I, I couldn't get on right away. And so, um, so that made it even more tempting to want to maybe just, just hit the easy button. Of right. And, of uh, course. and again, I, I give my parents credit because they were like, no, you need to go and work awesome. in corporate America. Um, even if it means you got to get up at five in the morning on a Saturday and go, Sit by in yourself. The in the <laughs> that sounds. I mean, I, I can't think of anything much worse. Oh than that. gosh, <laughs> I, you know, and it. Yeah, yeah. Well, think. I mean, at twenty-two yeah. years old, and you know, you want to party on yeah. Friday and Saturday nights. So that was that was awesome. But uh, 
No, no, and it, you know, obviously, in retrospect, it, it makes a lot of sense. I'm glad it. I'm glad it worked the way it did. Um, but yeah, that was part of the deal. Is you know, you got to go work in corporate America, and, and I'll say this: um, it definitely instilled the discipline around just um, you know, you show up on time, you don't leave until the job's done for the day. Uh, you get some of that just um, that professionalism gets instilled into you. And, and not that, you know, obviously my mother's a professional. Echo is a professional company. But to get that yeah. uh, conditioning in a, you know, an established corporation like H&R Block or Cerner, uh, you know, it definitely was a, a great experience for me. That's awesome. So you start as a recruiter at Echo. Um, what's been, I know there's been lots of twists and turns, but what, what, is, what has generally been your path um, you, you didn't get hired as the COO in 2006 <laughs> or whatever it was, but like, um, what's been that journey and how have you, you know, again, kind of continued to, to, to anchor around the things that are important from a career and a, and a personal standpoint, like what's that, what's the, what's the 16 year journey been like? Man? Yeah. Um, well, so recruitment and I, I always tell, especially, um, our new hires and, you know, our, our, uh, so our business really, um, is fueled by that recruitment function because it's, you know, if you think about like, a, a any, any manufacturing company out there, it's the plant, uh, you know, that produces the product. And so that's, I mean, that's essentially what our recruitment function does is we go and we find talented resources to place at our consult or at our, our customer sites. Um, so it's, it is the, you know, engine that fuels the, the company. So I always tell the people we hire in that, you know, I cut my teeth as a recruiter. And so, you know, um, I know what works, right. It doesn't mean we're not open to new, new ideas, but I know what, what works, um, from a personal level. So, so I, I mean, that's, I always, that, that's my trade. Yep. If I have to kind of ever walk back into something like that, um, <laughs> I'll probably have to, you know, dust off some of the cobwebs, but, but, you know, I, awesome. I think, okay. Um, so, so, but I did move into sales after that, which was, you know, basically just account management, customer relationship management, um, managed a few accounts. You know, it's crazy when I think about that experience, because at the time I, I actually had, uh, was managing the biggest account for the company. And today that would be like the, the, the 20th biggest account for us. <laughs> <That's awesome. laughs> it's just, I mean, it's cool, yeah. but I also don't feel very accomplished when I, when I think about that on my resume. So, um, and so, so yeah, I went into, so recruitment, account management, and then moved into management over those two teams. And, um, at that point, uh, we started to uh, gain some momentum uh, with our federal business doing uh, government contracts. And uh, uh, ultimately, we ended up reorganizing the organization to where we uh, we had a team dedicated to our federal projects and then a team dedicated to really our commercial business, which is primarily IT staffing. And so I essentially ran that side of the business then uh, for the next several years. Um and uh, it wasn't until I think it was 2016 that I started to to manage our federal team. That's awesome. Um, you've I know you've done lots of uh, obviously the the staffing business and the the solutions business has changed drastically. But you know even in in the the ways that I've known your company professionally, um, you know back in my chief's days, like Echo was a client of the chiefs in certain ways and. And then I obviously had the pleasure and the chance to work together um, for as an employee at Echo. Um, and then again, now kind of on this other side. But there's been this, and, and maybe it kind of ties back to this resilience and adaptability mm-hmm. and, and, and the, 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 the foresight and ingenuity to see, maybe not always clearly, because I don't think any of us can do that, but to see a little bit of, Hey, the, the bends in the river are coming and how yeah. are we going to navigate those? Yeah. Um, I, it's been really fun uh, for me as, as your as your friend first to watch like your and I say this um, cautiously because I, I don't want the word to be misinterpreted but to see your power and your 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 wisdom and your um, your voice in that those shifts and again man I, I've got like I've got like snapshots of the story, right? Like I don't, I don't get to live the full video every yeah. day, but the the snapshots or the screenshots of the video that I see are like the ways that you've stepped into um, 
a, a, a commanding role. And again, commanding can sound like dominating. I don't mean it that way, but I, I do. When I think of you, I think of this like commanding leader. Maybe it's back to this kind of football and yeah. military analogy, right? Of um, of having a plan, this really comforting presence. Um, I I imagine that that wasn't just like handed to you <laughs> and 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 I I guess where I'm trying to get to is you know in this last five to seven years as as management and leader and, and executive Darren has yeah. blossomed what has that journey been like well uh not uh not not simple <laughs> not easy um it never is no um and and a lot of times you know we talked earlier about plans and goals and you just you see how things evolve and you're like am I really going in the right direction here yeah, but that's, um that's right but uh it, it, first of all thank you that, that was those are really nice words and humbling for sure um but uh you know the the journey to a manager leader whatever term you want to use um I think the the number one thing that that I've tried to um just stay grounded in is to always keep learning. Um, and, and even more important than, than that is do everything in my power to surround myself with people who know more than I do, uh, and, and can, and can bring in, um, different ideas, uh, whether that's through their background, whether that's through, um, their experiences elsewhere, um, whether that's just because they're um, imaginative people, you know, that can that can bring ideas that are more creative. Um, uh, so I think, you know, and, and when you do that, you obviously you, you get you get informed, and and that that really helps um, with your decision making and the actions that you take. But but that constant learning is the is the key because, um, as you know. Uh, business is like uh, hitting a baseball. You know, you, you get out more than you get a hit. Um, it, but the thing is, is, you know, what did, what did you learn from that last out? Um, and what do I need to do to make sure that, you know, I can get on base the next time? And ultimately, we can start to score some runs. And so I like to use sports analogies. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's easy no. for me. <laughs> <laughs> but I no, like to I, mix my analogies midstream. Yeah, it's like, come on, man. Where, where, where was I going? <laughs> but it's you know it's 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 been tough and and um mm. uh but but and I, t I think i said this earlier i mean the other thing that my parents really instilled in me was this idea of preparation right and so uh when when i when i knew that what i wanted for my career was to go down this executive path um i, I really uh, back to the learning piece i was like all right well what do i need to do to kind of prepare myself for what that may look like and Part of it's obviously the experience you have in the workplace. Try, you know, be a humble leader, be be an active listener, um, be a goal setter, right? I mean, you, you, you don't know where you're going if you can't define what that looks like and what success looks like. But also, you know, put the time in to develop your skills. And so, you know, I went back to school. I got my MBA uh, at Rockhurst, great Kansas City institution. Um, I went through the Centurions Leadership Program where I made some great friends, developed some great relationships. You and I kind of uh, reignited our relationship yep. during that program. Um, I failed out of that class, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was More a bad like, centurion. <laughs> yeah, right. He, he just decided he was going to go live in Florida instead. Yeah, we moved. So, uh, but, but, but you're right. It's, a, it's an amazing program to it, – it's, it's like this, um, you know, this fertile soil or this, you know, kind of incubating period of emerging leaders that, yeah. that, that those relationships pay off in – decades not months right um and that's what's you know unique about this city that we choose to live in is um those types of decisions it, it, and i feel like the old guy on our team all the time but I, I talk to like you know parker on our team who's in his young 20s yeah and i'm like hey man the stuff you're doing today will will pay off in 20 years yeah. not two yeah and that's really hard it's for so people hard, to grasp man. especially so hard. you know even our generation you know we we've started we started at, at that cusp of the instant gratification generation totally. so for us to even imagine totally. <laughs> i gotta wait 20 years for this to benefit me <laughs> right. but but it's true it 100 percent is and it's not all not always 20 years it could benefit you that's in right. a year but right. but remember that you know you're kind of planting seeds so uh so that, that you know all of that um 
you know, and then I, you, you already said it and it's, it is a key and it's a particular key for, for echo. And that's the resilience piece. I mean, the things you, you know, you experience some of the things uh, that we've been through at echo that have been difficult. Um, and, uh, and those times are trying because you are in uncharted territory and they're super stressful and the business may not be doing particularly well. And you just got to kind of grind it out and figure it out. And, you know, the last thing um, that I think is ever on our mind is just to throw our hands up in the air and say, well, somebody else I, I can don't, do this. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so I think that that, and again, that, that all comes just from conditioning that, you know, through my parents and, and my experience in athletics and all those things. So. Oh, it's, it's well said, man. And yeah, the, those uncharted waters are, they're terrifying because you're like, you're kind of looking, you know, to use the analogy, you're looking around the boat, like going, Hey man, who's getting us out of this thing? You're like, oh wait, that's my job. <laughs> Got it. All right, guys. Uh, here's here's what needs to happen, right? And, and and lots of that is again based on what you said earlier. But having having the team around you to help you see and to help you guide those waters is is uh, is critical. Um, I, I I I'm shifting gears a little bit to you know your executive mindset comment. Um, you would never run out of emails to answer to, meetings to take, um, boards to chair. I, I'm saying you specifically, but also you metaphorically. Yeah, in sure. The, in the sense of you've never been more um, pulled at, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine. Yeah. And what set of values or what set of priorities govern the way I've been on this kick a lot the last year or so about awareness and mindfulness and just presence and like mm-hmm. where you are physically and mentally. Yeah. <laughs> For me, at least mentally is the challenge more times than not. Um, but with, with everybody kind of needing some Darren time. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, I mean that in a genuine way, not like an ego building way. Yeah. You, thank you. Know you. That. Um, but with, with people pulling at you, um, how do you start to frame up the, I'm laughing, maybe I'm asking you something. No, you're question. asking me a great question because <laughs> I already kind of think I, I got a, a good answer. For All right, let's, let's go. We'll see. Let's, we'll hear see. It. let's hear it. Uh, well, so, you know, I've been very complimentary of my parents, well-deserving by the way. Um, but this is one of the areas that, that it, through my own experiences, I, I'm like the polar opposite of my mother. Um, mm. <laughs> so when you ask, you know, how do you kind of prioritize these things? And, and I think what you're asking is, is how do you, you know, say yes to some things and mm. no to others? And, you know, if you do it the Jeanette Pringer way, you just say yes to everything. Um, <laughs> and you're it, at five it, events in one week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So part of that is, is she has the energy to do that. Yeah. And, and I, I, you know, I, I got a lot of great genetics from my mother. That wasn't necessarily one of them. So, um, you know, so, uh, so how do you balance it all? Well, I do think it, it, um, a lot of it's predicated on where you're at in your life. Right. Um, so when I, when I first started getting into this, I'll call it just a, an executive path. Um, I said yes to a lot. Um, because I could, you know, my, uh, at the time, uh, my second child wasn't born yet. Um, the, my daughter was still in her infancy stage and my, and my wife was staying at home. So we, we kind of had a good balance of who was taking care of the house and I was building my career. Right. And so, so I wanted to get involved as much as I could. I pretty much, whatever I was asked to do, I went and did it. I want, you know, and I was trying to build my resume. Totally. I mean, it, there, there was definitely some, just, uh, uh, I guess, um, some self-serving pieces sure. there, right? So, um, but that was great experience because I got to see a lot of, you know, when, when you're, when you're um, putting yourself out there in the community, um, you, get to, you get to use your skills in different ways, but you also get to see some of the, um, I don't know, the politics that are out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so what's really helped me balance all of that as I've gotten older, as my kids have gotten older, obviously I can't say yes to everything now because my kids have their own things. I want to be involved as a father. Um, I can't ask my wife to take on the burden of everything. You know this well, you got no much better than I do with the five kids you have. Um, but, uh, but you have to balance it. And so, so now, um, I really look at it through the lens of what are the things I care about? Mm -hmm what are the things that really appeal to me and what I want to see 
uh, what I want to see improve from a community perspective, but also from a personal perspective. Um, so a couple of things that really uh, I'm pulled toward are things that involve children, particularly children with uh, uh, disabilities. Um, so the Fire Foundation is near and dear to my heart. Uh, I was a board member for six years there. Um, and that's the, uh, they're an organization that essentially provides funding for the, the St. Joseph, Kansas City um, Catholic Diocese so that children with special needs can go to school in Catholic schools with their brothers and sisters. Um, it's a great organization, um, Fire Foundation, um, and they're, uh, they're, they're located in downtown Kansas City. Great. But, but again, I mean, that's just an example of the type of cause that, um, that excites me and one that I want to, you know, give my time uh, and, and resources to. Uh, another one is cancer research. You know, I lost my grandmother um, back in 2017, and she was the, the matriarch of our family, uh, especially influential with, with my mother. Her and I had a very special relationship. Uh, so the LLS uh, KC organization is 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 one that um, I'm very uh, uh, involved with, um, and look, there's hundreds of organizations in town that are um, fantastic, and I like to support as many as I can. But your question was, you know, how do you kind of prioritize? And I think for me, it's more about you know what what do I see as a personal mission, um, and then of course there's things that you do to you know help your livelihood, right? Yeah. And so. You definitely have to prioritize those as well. Um, you know, so we're like involved with the KC Tech Council. Cool. Um, yeah. And, you know, I give a lot of time to that. Um, and so, you know, I, those are a few different examples. But I thought the the most important takeaway is I don't do it the way my mother does it because mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I'm just not capable of it. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know anyone that could be. How could, could, how could you be? It's like, yeah, you, you know, pre-COVID times, of course, and, and now we're starting to see some of these come back and yeah. emerge a little bit differently. But it's like uh, – Jeanette's going to be there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no matter which one you go to, yeah. it's like, she's going to be there. Yeah. Um, Sometimes she doesn't even get invited. She just shows up. <laughs> she, inter- energy is absolutely the right the right description for her. Um, but but I love I love what you said. There, there's one piece in particular that jumped to me of, like, you got to prioritize what you care about. Yeah. And, and if you care about, and, and I'm, I'm connecting a, a comment you made earlier as well, you know, the, the, the 14 or 15-year-old freshman in high school – Darren Pringer as mom starting the company cared about cared a lot about Darren. Yeah. Um, the the forty year old executive version of yourself <clears throat> and an executive is so much more well rounded and holistic than a job. Yeah. It's a lifestyle, it's sure. a mindset. Um, the the ways that you care for your family, the ways that you care for your team, the ways that you care for the betterment of our community is is broader than caring about Darren. Of course, Darren matters and Darren's important and all of those things, but there's been this, this cool, I think, um, at least from, from where I sit and see, uh, evolution of your care. And that's, I I think what's the most ironic, or I don't know if ironic is the right word, what's the, the most harmonious and beautiful part of that is, um, that actually does benefit you too. <laughs> like it comes back in ways that we don't anticipate or understand. Sure. When we give, when we give ourselves away. Absolutely. Yeah. And, um, you know, and it's, uh, it, it, it does benefit you. And I think the thing that you don't really recognize, I mean, these are things that are important to you, but the reward you get from, you know, making those contributions, whether it's through your thoughts or through your resources or, or through the just the general outcomes that get produced with those organizations that you participated in, I mean, it just makes it all worth it. I mean, like, I, you know, the Fire Foundation is near and dear to my heart because my son is actually part of that program uh, through speech therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, and to see the, the, the development that's taken place with him since he started school, uh, you know, we're four years in now with him, or three years in, and we just had his one of his uh, reviews about a month ago, and... It, he's just a different kid. And part of that's obviously he's grown up, but he wouldn't be where he is without it. And so, you know, that appeals to you. And, and if nothing else, <laughs> that just makes it worth it. Right. <laughs> so, um, and I, and to know that I'm just a fraction of what that organization does for the, for the community and the, and the stakeholders they serve. Uh, it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. That's amazing. That's amazing. Um, before we wrap, I'd love to hear your perspective on, and it's, of course, impossible to predict. But as you survey 
those bends in the river to go back to yeah. that analogy. Yeah. What, what do you anticipate the next, let's call it 10 years. I think everybody's like, what's the five year plan? I'm like, freak, I don't know what my five day plan is, bro. But like the, <laughs> the decade view, you know, when, when we're having this conversation at 50, yeah. uh, what, what, what unfolds in your world do you think in the next decade? Well, gosh, that's a really it's tough It's impossible one. to Yeah, it's, it, 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 I mean, you know, it's, um, here's what I'll tell you. Uh, we are, we are focused on organizationally, um, in terms of our capabilities and then what I would just call kind of our market strategies. Um, obviously there is a huge push in the industry with these, with these emerging capabilities. Right. And I shouldn't even say they're emerging. I mean, they're here. Mm. Um, but when we talk about it, it the, the term five years ago is big data, but what we're talking about is machine learning, mm. artificial intelligence, all the crazy things that you can do with data. Right. Um, so, so when we think about how that evolves over the next 10 years, what echo knows is we have to be part of that. We have to continue to mature our capabilities. We have to continue to hire people with those, with that expertise. And we have to continue to collaborate with our customer base to build those solutions or else we're going to be left behind as those things continue to be at the forefront of, of the industry. Um, that being said, I mean, we, you know, we are still, uh, an enterprising business and there's a lot of legacy, uh, uh, capabilities that still need to be maintained and whatnot. So at the end of the day, I mean, Echo Select is not a niche technology solution provider. We're really agnostic. And, um, and, and what we try to do is we just try to partner with our customers as best as we can and fill gaps as they need it. And so that's why, you know, the, the, the staffing model in itself really, uh, enables a lot of that is because, you know, we built this recruiting infrastructure that can go and find the people who know AI and the people that know data center operations and the people that know cloud computing and cybersecurity, and we can participate in all of it. Now there is a limit to the depth that we can go into it at, at certain levels. Um, but to be able to participate in all those. And then I think, you know, so for the next 10 years, really, it's about how do we build more depth? And then where do those market opportunities, where, where, where are those investments being made so we can capitalize as those markets really um, start to, uh, to grow? Uh, and then, you know, you, you know that we've, we've made a concerted effort to become more involved as a uh, federal government partner. Um, and really, that's just more of a, uh, I would just call it a, a foundational business principle um, because the nature of government contracting are long-term contracts. And so we, you know, we want to participate as much as possible in those because it gives us the flexibility to predict what our growth capabilities are going to be over multiple years and not over multiple months, yeah. which is fine. You got to have yeah. that too, yeah. but, um, it, 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 uh, it, it's, it's more difficult when you're, uh, when you're, you know, you're overturning or I should say overhauling your revenue every six months. Totally. Yeah. 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 No, that's uh, that's awesome, man. I appreciate your perspective on it. Um, okay, man, we got to wrap. I could chat with you all day. I literally, <laughs> I literally could. I'm just like, gosh, dang it! I'm just scratching the surface here. Um, but we end every show the same way. Okay, okay? Uh, so pop quiz, hot shot. Um, <laughs> oh, so great. Yeah. So so we answer. We ask the same. I ask the same five questions. Um, so just first thing that comes to your mind. No right or wrong answer. Uh, number one, what is the last book that you read or listened to? Uh, I actually just finished a book yesterday. It is, um, oh, I can't remember. It's, it's the autobiography of Lee Iacocca. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. and I, I, the, the title escapes me, but, uh, it basically goes through his journey as the Ford executive uh -huh. gets fired by Henry Ford and then becomes the CEO and chairman of Chrysler and basically takes them from the uh, brink of bankruptcy to becoming the, you know, the, uh, the second, uh, largest automaker in the world. That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. It was awesome. It was, it was, and I, you know, what's really interesting about that book is, uh, it was written in 1982. Okay. And the, the principles that he's talking about in terms of America at the end of the book are all things that still hold true today mm -hmm. in terms of where our big holes are mm -hmm. in terms of, um, the weaknesses we have at a, at an international level. It's really, really interesting. So for anyone that is listening to this, and that, that's a good book to check out. Okay. Yeah, no, I love it. I'll have to check it out too. Um, if you weren't afraid, what is one thing you would do? 
<laughs> I love the way you uh, phrase that question because I'm terrified of <laughs> me it. Too. No, uh, me too. Skydiving. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate heights. Oh my gosh. And it's like one of those things like, you know, you, you, you're, you're told you need to overcome your fears. Right. And that's when it's like, well, I don't really want to risk dying. I'm good. So yeah, if I wasn't afraid, I think that'd be a killer rush, but I am petrified of it and uh, I don't think it's worth the risk. So that's awesome. Um, <laughs> on, on a sleepy Saturday or a slow Sunday morning, um, when you're not the most dapperly dressed, I don't know if dapperly is the word, but it, uh, you, you always you, you always bring it on, Thanks, the, uh, on the style game, uh, including today. Um, what's your favorite T-shirt? Oh, I have a um, uh, a Charlie Hustle uh, Boulevard Tank Seven shirt that is go to, and, and it's super comfortable, and it just Love it. you know it, my favorite beer. It's <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's it's like everyone's favorite beer in Kansas yep. City. Yep. So yeah, uh, that's awesome. Well said. <laughs> well said. What do we do before those soft t-shirts, man? Like, I, what, you know like, what? And when I know we were kids. We had those. Do, like, you know, you know ass. Chase. You know oh, Chase. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I I was at a at a graduation party last summer with Chase and. I just said, and I mean, I was like really just uh, buttering them up, and I'm like, dude, your shirts are the best. Like, and, and it doesn't even matter that you know no. they, they're they're. I mean, they're kind of. I mean, they're not expensive, but you know, you pay more yes. for one of his shirts than yes. you pay at yep. Target, right? Yep. So, but uh, but it's worth it because they're so comfortable. Totally, totally. <laughs> uh, and in the in the COVID era, when you can kind of get out of bed and go get on your Zoom calls, That's I right. mean, you can't can't do any can't better than that. It. Can't beat it. Yeah. But. Well said. Um, cool. Number four, what's your favorite place on earth? Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm, I don't blame you, dude. It's yeah, we we, uh, we we went in on um, uh, a house out there with another family um, two years ago. And my father-in-law lives in Mesa. Okay. So we had, uh, you know, and it's just an easy place to get to from yeah. a travel perspective. The weather's awesome. There's just, there's so many great restaurants and uh, there's tons for the kids to do, and I love to play golf. So yeah, you do. So there's a lot of golf courses in Scottsdale. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's good living, man. We went in December, and it's like, what? Why, why are we going back to Casey? It's too cold, man. <laughs> and Florida's great. It's just Arizona's so easy to yep. get to, and yep. you know, with with uh, Florida, you always worried about like the hurricanes and yep. stuff like that. Totally. So, totally. but uh, and I love the beach, but Arizona's my favorite place. Yeah, no, that's great. Last one. When it's all said and done, what do you want to be remembered for? A little heavier one. Oh gosh, that is that is really <laughs> heavy. I'm gonna have to drink a tank seven to get to your. Yeah, um, you know, I I, I want to be remembered as someone who um, uh, flourished um, as a as a husband, as a father, and as someone who was credible in the uh, in the uh, business and philanthropic community. Man, it's a good. Put that on the tombstone, brother. <laughs> to get to, you know, that's a, that's a good life. It's, that's a it's, good life. It's 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 some it's somewhat generic, but you know, I, I I'm a big goals guy, so I'm sure if I mm. had a more prepared answer, I could give you something with a little bit more substance behind it. But you know, at the end of the day, it, when I think about people who are credible, I think about people who are trustworthy, who who do what they say they're going to do, and um, you, you know, you can always fall back on that and. You know that that those are the things that my parents instilled in me, and so I, I think that's that that's about as uh, good as it gets. Uh, amen, bro. Where can uh, I, I've enjoyed this dialogue, and I know everyone else will too. Um, where can people follow along, either with with you or the company's journey, or sure. how can uh, how can people get in touch? Yeah, so uh, for for Echo, um, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter. I think it's it's just at Echo Select um, for Twitter, and then uh, it's just Echo Select on Facebook um, and LinkedIn. Uh, for me, I'm I'm primarily on LinkedIn. I don't I don't have social media accounts. It, uh, that's a whole different conversation. But, uh, yeah, but but LinkedIn because of the you know the professional and the yep. business networking piece. Um, so so yeah, so um, you can you can we you know love it to connect on there, and um, those are the places that uh, that I'm I'm most present. So that's awesome, man. Um, I'll close with this and just tell uh, our our worldwide audience here um, <laughs> how you've you've been a voice and, and have been a presence in our story in the guild content story um and 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 I, I think i've told you this privately but here we are publicly saying the same thing is and you 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 were a part of the circle of growing 
uh, voices, you know, the, the, the symphony, so to speak, that was encouraging me to go and, and to, to take the swing yeah. and to see if the resilience muscles were, were, could fire within me. Um, and I just want to say thanks, man. Like, thank you for the, the, the belief. Thanks for the encouragement. Thanks for the, the kick in the pants when I need it every <laughs> once in a while. Um, and thanks for, you know, when we used to get to play basketball together, thanks for stealing, stealing every time I tried to dribble <laughs> past you. But what um, I would do, you used to run me like a dog, man. Um, but, uh, but I'm, I'm grateful for the, the ways that I get to be again in snapshot view of, of your story. And, and I'm, I'm grateful for the ways that you've, uh, you've in, engaged ours and helped shape, um, who we are today, man. So I want to say thanks for that. Well, when I, when I talked earlier about surrounding yourself with, with good people, smart people, smarter than you, people, you know, who, who, you know, that, uh, like-minded and people who share your values. I mean, you're the, you're the, you're at the top of that list, man. And so when you were describing, uh, you know, the, the, the plans you had and the things you wanted to do, uh, for your career, when you decided to take this journey, uh, you know, I, it would have been, um, ignorant of me to to say that that's not something that you were made for and so I'm not surprised that uh, you're having the success you are I'm humbled by the opportunity to come speak with you here today and be part of the product you're producing but um, but I'm not surprised at all and uh, couldn't have happened to a better dude mm. I love you brother thanks for your yeah, time you too, man. and uh, can't wait for everybody to get to listen to this dude cool thanks man yes sir as always, thank you for listening. Your attention is super valuable, so thank you for giving it to us. If you're a fan of the show, please go rate and review us wherever you're listening to this. I would really appreciate it. Until next time, when we get to share another great conversation with you, have a great week and let your life tell a meaningful story.